Ladies and gentlemen, to those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn away now. To those of you who think they can take it, we say, welcome to the madhouse. Shit, that was a long film to watch, and we're going to talk about it today here on the Madhouse Podcast. My name is Joey, and joining me is the man who has been 28 in every interview he's done for the past four or five years. The man you may know as Randall Tarly in the television series Game of Thrones, or at least the man who has the same name as the man who plays Randall Tarly in Game of Thrones. It's our very own bargain basement Tim Armstrong. <laughs> Jimmy Faulkner. Yeah! How you doing, Jimmy? I'm all right. Good. Have you not used that 28 line before? Have I? Yeah, I think well, I think it might have been like 20... I think you said 26 the last time. That. Moving it up. Sticking with it. Got to stick with the times. Moving up. <laughs> getting, getting old. I had uh, old enough that I've forgotten I've done the same intro. Clearly. No, it's fine. It's comical. So did you like It Chapter 2? Yes, I did. I did. It was long. And I do complain on this podcast about films being long, and it was long. Now, also, I regret this because I put it on on a Saturday night, and I was really excited about it. Um, we found I found out the day before that we were going to do it as the as the next episode, but I'd already had it scheduled in to watch. Yeah, just good timing. Saturday night, watched it. Of course, excuse me. Saturday night means couple of cans night. Yeah. Did you expect it to be two hours and 40 minutes long? I didn't, and I cannot remember the last hour and 40 minutes of it. Have you watched it again, or am I going to be filling you in? <laughs> You're going to be filling me in, boy. Fair enough. Well, yeah, I watched it not expecting it to be an epic in length <laughs> no. type film. It's good. I thought it was two hours. I was shocked when I was two hours in, and then, uh, yeah. Two hours 40 it was, wasn't it? There's a lot to pack in, yes. Yeah, like two hours 43 or something ridiculous. Yeah, so two hours I was thinking, is, they're not going to be able to wrap this up in the next few minutes. So. I think it's one of the longest horror films, like, mainstream to be shown at cinemas. Could be wrong, uh, but it's one of them. Uh, yeah. Longest horror film with a wide theatrical release. That's it, like wide that. theatrical yeah. release. Whatever that means. I think it means probably released widely in theatres, actually. Yeah. Probably in the wording. I like to do a, a wide theatrical release at home on my own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just alone. <laughs> yeah. I I dress up and I do Shakespeare whilst I'm having a wank. <laughs> okay. Ah, oh, there's got to be a joke there. To wank or not to wank. Yeah. Last poor Yorick, I wanked you well. <laughs> Uh, so filming began on It Chapter 2 in June 2018 and finished up in October 2018 uh, after a long 86 days of filming in Toronto, Canada. Now, is that part of French Canada? Toronto? No. No, it's not. All right, so it's okay then. Ontario. No. Yeah, that's okay. We're yeah, right Toronto's nice. Good. Nice. 
Just I'd have fuck, I had one of the best hot dogs of my life in Toronto. It was purple. Oh. An actual dog. I don't know why. I got it off. It was street meat. An actual dog? Hot dog. <laughs> okay. Hot dog. Pretty sure you just said an actual dog. No, it was purple. It was lovely. Okay. It had this like green relish salsa stuff on it. Oh, lovely. Massive it was. Did you hallucinate after this hot dog? No, I was pretty f- most of the time there, but I remember that well. Well, good. That was a nice Purple tangent. hot dog. If you've had a purple hot dog, let us know. <laughs> so it was filmed under the working title Largo. Largo? Largo. What's that mean? I don't know. Oh. I did notice it's Ogral backwards. Oh, of course. Don't know what that means either, but <laughs> <laughs> who knows? <laughs> uh, budget of $79 million. Oh, what a budget. Imagine what we could do with $79 million. Get some decent microphones. Yeah. Have a guest. Have a guest. <laughs> yeah, get an extra microphone. Oh, we could guest. film in a room that's not one of our kitchens. That's true. Oh, we have upgraded ours, our mine, to the uh, spare oh, room. spare room, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's something. Uh, We're on mate, the way up. we got a foot on the ladder. Yeah. Just uh, not sure how to climb any of the other rungs. Nope. <laughs> it made 90, $91 million. On its opening weekend in the USA, grossed 211 in the USA and made a cumulative worldwide gross of 472,993,000. So basically 473 uh, million. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of money. It is in chapter one, chapter two. These are modern, what they're called, readaptations. Readaptations. I've made over a billion together now. Sitting pretty. Makes it one of the most successful horror franchises of all time, which is pretty good with only two films. When you look at lots of horror franchises, it must be up to number 15 now. But yeah, I don't I, I would, I don't know. Would you call it a franchise? They're thinking of doing a third. Shut up. Yeah. Who says that? Uh, I've got Sources. I want to know your sources. I've got it written down for later on. Hopefully I'll remember to bring it up again. Okay. And I'll let you know. Uh, I, I think it might have been... Uh, Machietti, Andy Machietti, the director. Okay. Oh, yeah, fair enough then. Um, but they've got no source material left, so I don't know what they're going to do. If all the source material's dried up, is it worth it? I'd be on board if Stephen King was the one who wrote the screenplay. Yeah. But maybe leave it as it is if he doesn't want to be involved. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he'd say. I know that the director was going to make a supercut of these two films. Yes. Putting in deleted films, uh, deleted scenes, sorry. Me, that was going to be a long one. Yeah, it's already going to be about five hours, isn't it? It's got to Is be it? five. With just five the two plus. films. Yeah, five so plus. It's got to be. Five and a half hours. Yeah. So, I did have one idea, as soon as we're on the subject. If okay. they were going to make a third film in this franchise. Yeah. Another note I got for later on, Skarsgård mentioned they'd recorded another scene that was set in the 1600s or something. Yes. Okay. As, um, and I think it was supposed to be the guy who he's based Pennywise on or something. Yeah. Um, and it attacking a woman. Yeah. So what I would be up for is a it in the 1600s, a prequel. A prequel, an origin it's story. It's been there for thousands of years, right? Yeah. This guy turns up, I don't know if it's a traveling circus or whatever he was doing. He's a serial killer, gets killed by the townsfolk, and it takes his image as a way of taunting the townsfolk to scare him. Okay, yeah. Pennywise origin. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. It wouldn't be an it origin because he's been there for ages, but, you know, where that clown figure comes from. Yeah. That'd be good. Oh, right, I'm with you. Pennywise is a dancing clown. Yes. Before he's taken over by it. Yeah, so as so a Pennywise, right. the dancing clown was already an evil type serial killer oh, who gets yes. like lynched or something. Yeah. And then it uses his imagery as a way to come back and haunt the town that lynched him. That's a great shout. Yeah. Put that out there, see if we can get 79 million. Uh, yeah, let's, well, I don't know how to make a film, but for 79 million, I'd spend like a million on going to college to figure it out and yeah. then 78 million making the film. Yeah. Well, we could just do it in your back garden, couldn't we? Just pocket the rest. Yeah, sure, yeah. No one to watch it. All oh, the garden we'll CGI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to de-age the garden as well because I mowed it for a while. <laughs> Should we do a plot slot? Yes, let's do it. Have you got the little timer? Yeah. We ain't going to do it in 10 minutes, but hey I like to try. Yeah, we have to have something to aim for. Else we're just going to be rambling for eight hours. Well, we've just rambled for about nine minutes. Well, that's all right. Are you ready to go? Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, I'll pop in with it. Uh, okay, go. All right, 1989. Shortly after defeating the evil entity known as Pennywise, the Losers Club, Bill, Ben, Bev, Richie, Eddie, Stanley, and Mike gather as Bev tells the boys about the vision she saw of them as adults when she faced Pennywise. The Losers make a blood pact to return to Derry in the event that they must face it once more. 27 years later in 2016, a gay couple, Adrian Mellon and Don Haggarty, are enjoying a night out at the carnival when they are harassed by homophobic thugs. Even as they walk away from the carnival, the thugs follow them and start viciously assaulting them. They throw Adrian over the bridge and flee into the night, probably to hide their own inner gay feelings for each other. Yep. Adrian almost drowns until he is pulled out of the water, except the one who pulled him out of the water was Pennywise. (laughs) Don watches in horror as the monster clown grabs Adrian and takes a huge bite out of his chest. Kinky. Mike, now played by Isaiah Mustafa. Yay, boy. Overhears a report of the incident over a police scanner, and when he arrives at the scene, he discovers the message, Come Home, written in blood on the side of a bridge. Mike knows that it has returned. We catch up with the other losers in adulthood. Bill is married to Audrey and has found success as an author slash screenwriter, but he is frequently told that his endings are not very good. Eddie is a risk assessor who is married to a woman, Myra, who is just as controlling as his own mother. Ben, played by Jay Ryan, who was a clown, has a little fact, Yeah, has slimmed down and is a successful architect, though he lives alone. Mm. Richie is a stand-up comedian. Stanley is a partner in an accounting firm. Bev is a fashion designer married to an abusive husband, bit like her dad. Mike is still back at home, calls everyone, and they do not immediately recognise his voice until he mentions he is from Derry. Poor Mike. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> everyone's left and he's just there on, on his Todd. He's in Derry, obsessed with it for 27 years, and then no one even knows who he is. Ah, 
bullshit. Everybody becomes slightly unnerved by the phone call, and Mike beckons them to return to Derry. Bev tells Tom that she'll be returning to Derry to visit friends, but he is paranoid and thinks she's lying to him and cheating on him since he has heard Mike's name. And Mike is a man's name, so she must be having sex with him. Obviously. Tom starts to hit Bev until she fights back and runs away from their home. The other guys start to make their way back to Derry. The only one who doesn't go is Stanley as he commits suicide by slitting his wrist in the tub rather than face the nightmare from his childhood once again. Did he get away with it easy or did he make the right decision? He made the wrong decision. If if you're going to go and fight a clown that might kill you, or are you definitely going to die in the bath? Ah, that's true. One of them is definite death. The other one you might survive. Now, does your cock get hard when you commit suicide? Uh, I didn't read about the suicide. What was it called? Death erection. Hmm. I don't know. Angel lust. Yes, it was. (laughs) Well remembered. A flashback shows that psychotic bully Henry Bowers survived being pushed down the well by Mike and had washed out of the sewers. When he returned home, police arrested him after they came across the body of Henry's father and deduced that he'd murdered him. Today, Henry is in a mental institution has become even more insane. He is visited by... He is visited... Penny... He's visited... By Pennywise in the form of a zombified Patrick Hoxdetter, who presents Henry with his old flick knife. The losers meet at the Jade of the Orient restaurant and catch up after a long absence. They joke and reminisce, but also note Stanley's absence. They start to split fortune cookies, only to get single word fortunes that they realise form a full message. Bev's fortune reads Stanley, and put together the fortune reads guess Stanley could not cut it. The losers know that Pennywise has found them. The fortune cookies then start to crack open and reveal hideous little spider-like creatures. The losers bash at them on the table, which only makes them look crazy when others see them attacking a table with nothing else on it. Outside the restaurant, Bev calls Stanley's wife. Before she can say what happened, Bev knows that Stanley was found in the bathtub and the other guys figure out what happened to him. Everyone gathers at the hotel where they're staying and Mike confesses that this is the real reason he summoned everyone back to Derry. I just want to say something weird about that hotel. Yeah? There's literally no one else there. Ever. Well, they might have uh, taken up all the rooms. Might only be a five bed. It had like a massive reception. And Big a bar reception. That's probably why they've only area. got five bedrooms. Because they took all the room up with the bar and the desk. Yeah. Okay. They ask Bev how she knew how Stanley died and she says she has seen how they all die and as she was the only one who saw the deadlights when Pennywise captured her. Bill goes back to Mike's house where Mike drugs Bill's water to cause him to experience a trippy vision. Mike explains that in all the time he has stayed in Derry he has studied the history of it and learned from a Native American tribe of the ritual of Chud which can be performed to destroy it once and for all. He produces a ritualistic piece of pottery with a depiction of the ritual. They bring it back to the other losers, and Mike explains that they need to gather artefacts from their childhood and place it in the pottery so that it can destroy Pennywise. Somewhere else in Derry, we see a little girl named Victoria at a football game with her mum. Victoria is lured away by a firefly, and she follows her under the bleachers, much like Georgie is trapped in... the drain 
and she meets Pennywise there. He uses the same manipulative trick on her to make her think he is playful, and he appeals to her sympathy when he cries about not having friends. As Victoria is made fun of for a birthmark on her cheek, Pennywise promises to make it go away, only to end up devouring Victoria. I got a birthmark on my cheek. Have you? Yeah, my butt cheek. <laughs> Have you really? Yeah, honest to God. What's it in the shape of? Australia. Really? Maybe that's a... You're not going to follow your destiny. And go to Australia. Go to Australia. Be the new uh, Steve Irwin. I was hope you were, hoping you were going to say one on... That you had one that said Tanak. Because I've got one that says Yusti. <laughs> <laughs> The well. losers go to an old clubhouse that Ben built for them over the summer. They all become where they all became friends. There they find an artifact for Stanley. It's a shower cap. A flashback shows them as kids with Stanley asking if they can all remain friends as adults. His friends assured him that they would. The gang splits up as they head back to their homes in Derry. Bev goes to her old home and meets the elderly Mrs. Kirsch. Who gets naked. She invites Bev inside for a tea and cookies as Bev looks around. She finds an old pack of cigarettes as well as the poem that Ben wrote for her, although she still thinks it was written by Bill. Uh. <laughs> yep. As Bev sits up with... I thought they found out towards the end. I thought she'd figured it out towards the end of the last film, but obviously not. Oh, she's thick as shit. So Bev sits with Mrs. Kirsch. The old woman displays unusual behaviour. Behavior. Bev notices what looks like rotted flesh on Mrs. Kirsch's chest. She mentions to Bev that her father joined the circus. Bev sees what looks like a human Pennywise in an old picture. That's where I get the idea. Yeah, from. I like that. Mrs. Kirsch then asks Bev if she's a daddy's little girl, as her father had called her. The old woman is then revealed to be Pennywise as she takes on a grotesque and monstrous form. That's just a naked old woman, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then she changes form again into a monster, and she chases Bev out. Before Bev gets away, she sees Pennywise in his human form. As Bob Gray, who wears his clown makeup and scratches the red lines on his face to taunt Bev. Fucking so, lovely bit. That is amazing. That's probably the best bit of uh, effect for gore in this. Yeah. That I, that's why that whole little bit is where I got the idea for my the sequel that we're gonna make. Yeah. Prequel. Prequel. Yeah. Origin. Richie goes to an old arcade. He went to as a kid, where he picks up a token as his artifact. In a flashback, he is seen playing a game with Henry's cousin. And the bully teases Richie for being a fairy. Adult Richie is then found and tormented by Pennywise, who claims to know his dirty little secret. He takes on the form of Paul Bunyan statue. Oh, get out of town. And tries to attack Richie, but he gets away in time. Bill goes to an antique shop and sees that his old bike is on sale. He asks the shop owner. Who, uh, there's a nice little cameo there by Stephen King. If he can buy the bike, the owner knows of Bill's work but agrees that his endings suck. Bill gets the bike and rides around his old street, passing the sewer where Georgie was taken. Pennywise taunts Bill with an apparition of Georgie calling to him from the sewers. Bill is almost lured in by the monstrous clown, and as he rides away, he sees a kid named Dean, whom the gang had seen at the restaurant before, because he is a fan of Richie's stand-up. Dean has also seen Pennywise lately, after Bill had mentioned it. He firmly orders Dean to get himself and his family out of Derry as soon as possible, because a kid has that kind of power. Yes. Shut up. That's what the parents would say, I'm sure. Yeah. No, don't be a dickhead. We've spent a fortune on this. We literally own a house here. Yes. 
Uh, you go to school here. We're not leaving. <laughs> oh, what's that? There's a clown. Oh, okay. No, yeah, you're right. Pack your bags. Yeah. Oh, next thing you know, you're being raped and shoved into a crawl space. Ben gets an old yearbook page in which Ben was the only one to write for him. He is haunted by a flashback to his childhood where Pennywise, Pennywise, Pennywise took on Bev's form to ridicule, ridicule Ben for his weight. <laughs> Shut it. As Ben Penn, Pennywise <laughs> knew that Ben loved Bev. And he's, that's, this is a difficult paragraph. Bev, and he still harbours feelings for her to this day. Her form's head took fire as Ben hid in a locker, only for Pennywise to be in there with him. Well, there'll be a translation for that paragraph at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Eddie goes to the pharmacy where he would pick up his medications. Creepy Mr. Keen and Greta still work there. Eddie gets an inhaler before he is haunted by Pennywise in the form of his mother being attacked by the leper. Yeah, she's still there, isn't she? That that woman who writes loser on his... Yeah, the teen. Yeah. He's not a teen anymore. She's not made some good life choices. Or any choices. <laughs> no. Henry kills a guard and escapes the institution. He finds the losers and attacks Eddie by stabbing him in the cheek. He manages to pull the knife out and stab Henry in the chest, albeit non-fatally, and he runs to his friends for help. However, Henry gets away again before he is caught. In another Pennywise haunting, Bill sees the message, the fun is just beginning, written, which is what Dean said to Richie at the restaurant, itself a line from Richie's stand-up. Bill knows that Pennywise is referring to Dean, and he goes to a carnival to try and save the boy after learning where he will be. Bill follows Dean into a hall of mirrors, but Dean just thinks Bill is a crazy weirdo. The two of them, found by Pennywise, who bears his long tongue and razor-sharp teeth. Bill desperately tries to kick the glass out to save Dean, but Pennywise breaks through first and brutally kills the boy by chomping into his head hard enough to make it burst. Bill can only watch in horror as he fails to save the boy. Again. Mike is in the library where Henry finds him and attacks him. Not long after, Richie comes and kills Henry by stabbing him in the back of the head. This causes Richie to puke. Bill reunites with his friends and vows to kill it himself. His friends gather their artifacts and they join him at the Neobolt house. Did I say that right? Yes. Yep. Uh, to face off the evil entity for the last time. While there, they make it into Pennywise's lair and use the pottery to begin the ritual. The losers throw in their artifacts, being Bev's poem, Ben's yearbook page, Richie's token, Eddie's inhaler, and the boat that Bill helped make with Georgie, and a rock that Mike recovered from their rock wall with the Bowers gang. Oh, Mike gets the f***ing raw end of the deal and the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Everyone's got something cool. Mike's just got a rock. Uh, yeah, Bill has got a boat that was the last thing he ever made with his brother. At which led to the death of his Yeah, and the boat brother. went down the drain and disappeared forever. I don't know how he has it. Oh, oh doesn't he? Yeah, I'm sure he, he probably got it from the sewer when they went down the first time. Okay, probably. The dead lights appear and sink into the pottery with the artifacts, but just when it seems that things worked out... Outrises a red balloon that produces Pennywise. He faces the losers again in his true form as a monstrous spider that still carries his clown face and he states how he has waited so long to see them again. Mike then reveals that the ritual never worked and the tribe that attempted it on Pennywise got killed. What a tit. <laughs> he splits the losers up with more nightmare visions, including one of Stanley's severed head as a spider. Love that. 
Yep. Eddie and Richie, not from bottom, find themselves <laughs> in a similar scenario to when they were kids as Pennywise places three doors with scary, very scary, and not scary at all for them to walk through. They see the severed half of Betty Ripsom's body as well as a small Pomeranian that morphs into a monster. Meanwhile, Ben and Bev are trapped and split from each other and Pennywise tries to kill Ben by having him sink into the earth while Bev is trapped in an illusion of a bathroom stall where where he is harassed by the forms of Mr. Keen, Greta, Henry and her own father. Bev fights back against the visions and manages to pull Ben out from sinking and she realises he is the one who writ that terrible, terrible, terrible poem. Bill is trapped in what looks like his childhood basement. He sees his young self talking to Georgie as the image of the little boy blames Bill for lying on the day that he died as Bill had pretended to be sick so he wouldn't go out to play with George in the rain. This had haunted Bill for years, and Pennywise knew he blamed himself for it. Young Bill goes to his adult self with a nail gun, but adult Bill forgives him and shoots the apparition instead. The losers get close enough to fight Pennywise, with Eddie managing to muster up the courage to strike Pennywise himself. As he runs to Richie, however, Pennywise impales Eddie with one of his talons. The losers try to seek a way out of there, and they figure that since Pennywise is a spider, he can make himself small to try and get uh, go after them. They then quickly realise that the only way to make him small enough to defeat him is to force him to believe he is small, they begin to yell at Pennywise and call out all his other, call out all of his otherwise harmless forms before he starts to shrink and shrivel into a powerless shell of his former self. This allows the losers to pull his heart out of his chest and crush it, destroying him for good. The lair begins to crumble and collapse around them. Richie tries to get Eddie out, but he's already dead. Eddie. The losers escape the house and watch as it collapses on itself. The remaining five head to the quarry where they all swam as children. They think about Eddie and how he would have hated it since it's so dirty. It is really green. Don't go in that water. I thought green was good. Brown's bad. It looks like algae, horrible greeny algae That's fine. That's good for you. Is it? Yeah, you you get it in fucking drinks nowadays, don't you? I don't know. Spirulina. Spermalina. Spirulina. I don't know any of them. Richie then starts to cry for his fallen friend and the others console him with a bit of a snuggle. As they continue to swim, Ben and Bev share a kiss. As they later walk home, they see their reflections on a window and see their childhood selves, including Eddie and Stanley. One last flashback shows the group as kids riding their bikes home. Later on, Bill has gone back to work with writing and he feels his endings are getting better. He speaks on the phone to Mike, who is thinking about finally seeing the rest of the world. About fucking time. Get a bus. Get a bus out of Derry. He's got a couple of bucks, probably. They tell one another that they love each other. And Mike mentions the letter that all the losers have been getting. Bill finds his letter and sees that it's from Stanley, written before his suicide. We hear his voice reading the letter over a small montage of other losers in the present. Does that letter say, I'm scared that I might die if I come over there, so what I'm going to do is kill myself. Yes. To make sure I don't die over there. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm in the tub and I'm hard. I've got that text before. (laughs) (laughs) 
Ben and Bev are now in a relationship while Richie goes to a bridge where he carved his and Eddie's initials, revealing that he was in love with him. Oh, yeah, great twist. What? That's a great twist. Richie goes... Oh, did I you did... not get that? No, I did not get what they that They played was. that little bit of... Um, I saw of... the carving. I didn't realise that... That Richie was actually in love with Eddie for the whole, for the whole time. Uh, I thought it was quite That's beautiful. what happens at the end of Bottom as well, isn't it? Uh... <laughs> no. Maybe not. Oh, no, I didn't catch on to that. I know it went right over my head. Stanley's letter states that he knew he could never be brave enough to face Pennywise again, but brave enough to cut his wrist in a bath. So he removed himself from the equation to give his friends a chance to honour him, which would give them the strength to fight it. He turned out to be right. And stupid. And the film ends with Mike finally, 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 finally leaving Derry. Borough, well, Mike. Car breaks down. <laughs> He's got a flat tyre. He's got to go back. Yeah. There you go. It. Chapter two. Finito. Long. Very long. It's time for Frights and Delights. Frights and Delights. Right, here we go with the ritual. We've got our clay pot out on the table. We're going to chuck in some frights. We're going to chuck in some delights. What would you chuck in? If What, was your, what would your artifact be? Uh, something guitar-based. <laughs> I was thinking guitar pick. I had one that was like uh, alien face and I lost it. It was glow in the dark. I'd probably chuck that in. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. I should probably prep these questions with you before. <laughs> instead of, I like to just throw them out there. <laughs> yeah. It just comes to me. Uh, give me a second and I'll edit out the gap where I'm thinking. Probably like an old necklace or something I had when I was a teenager. Stuff that gets lost. Okay, yeah. I had a cool guitar necklace. Yeah. The, the guitar was a skull. Something like that. It's probably buried in the garden somewhere from falling off at some point. Something like that. Lovely. Okay, let's go. Frights and Delights, what you got? Uh, when uh, Richie goes to the old arcade, this is a delight. Oh, okay. There's a poster in there behind him uh, of You've Got Mail. You've Got Mail. I saw this and assumed it was just a hint to let us know how long the arcade had been closed for and give us a bit of time. Mid-90s, obviously. Okay. yeah. But apparently the torn out part of the poster spells it. Yes. It's good. It's nice little touches like that that I like in a film. Yeah, it's a lovely one. Uh, it's in Stephen King's antique shop. Yes. With the license plate from Christine. All right, okay. Cool. CQB241. Oh, you've got to plate. know your King films to yeah. know that. Um uh, and it's, he's selling it. Oh, that's it. Um, King goes. Um, he asked for three hundred dollars for the bike that uh, Bill's trying to buy. Yeah. Look, what is it called? Silver. Uh, and that's the same amount that George LeBay tries to sell Christine for. Okay. So we mentioned before that Christine was also the car that picks up. Um, Henry Bowers from the Institute as well. Oh, was it? Yeah, not in this film, but in in oh. the in the the mini series. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah, little things like that make your film rewatchable. Love it. Maybe not a two hours and forty. 
Bill Hader's role as Richie was actually written for him in mind. Uh, Finn Wolfhard, who plays the young Richie, is a fan and asked if he could be approached for the role. No. They, they spot on casting. Yeah, all the all the adults yeah. were amazing as they grown up versions of the kids. Yes. Yeah. Also a little delight, Brendan Cole, who played the original Ben in the nineties miniseries, he's got a small cameo as a businessman on a video call to the current old Ben. Sweet. Yeah, very sweet. Did he try and get a part as grown up Ben? I think I think they I think they all should have been considered, other than the ones that are dead. Maybe he tried out for it, wasn't good enough. Yeah, like, yeah you I know think what? you can have a cameo. Yeah, I think original the guy who played the original Richie adult is dead. Um, obviously, the guy who was in um, who played Ben adult version, he's dead, and the guy who played Bill, I think, is dead as well. So they couldn't do it. Shit. Uh, Seth Green could have. Yeah. Come back as old Seth Green and played Richie, but yeah. yeah. How well would that have gone though? I don't think it'd have been as good. No, it's terrible. At the fair, when Pennywise takes the young boy from the glass wall maze, there are swinging clowns as part of that attraction, and they are based on Tim Curry's It. Lovely. Uh, in the novel, Eddie ponders that he may have married Myra because she reminded him of his mother. In this. The same actress, Molly Atkinson, portrays both Myra and uh, Sonia, Ed's mum. Well, it's good. while he was good on the phone it. to her in the car, I, I, my head didn't put together the age similarity. Yeah. Uh, and I assumed it was his mum he was talking to. I just thought, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then when he said mummy and then corrected himself, that's when I, <laughs> that's when I cottoned on. Uh, so we are reintroduced in this film to the charming Henry Bowers and his lovely little knife. When we first see him again, he's in the insane asylum. And in the background, there is a Tom and Jerry cartoon play. Did you see the Tom and Jerry cartoon? Did I see it? Yeah, in no. the background. No. There is a piece of meat being washed down the street and it disappears down a drain. Mm. Similar to the one Georgie has taken through. Oh, that's interesting. That was a nice touch. Could also be representative of how it sees everyone as food. Or their fear as food. Oh, yeah. What does Largo mean, then? I don't know. Have you just read that? Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. <laughs> I don't under know. The pseudonym. What's the pseudonym? Pseudonym is usually when a person uses a fake name. Oh, okay. Yeah, you wouldn't really usually apply the word pseudonym to a film or an object going with a different name. That's why you call it a working title. Oh, okay. Should we get into some numbers? Yeah. What about the number three? I like the number three. No, I don't mean just pick a number. As oh, you have numbers in mind? Yes, 27. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. 27. Oh, okay. I think we we touched on it as The number well. 27 or you've got 27 numbers you want to talk about? <laughs> Well, it's the same thing, isn't it? Twenty the the number twenty seven, and there's twenty seven numbers in it. Yeah. Anyway, continuing with the extreme coincidence of the number twenty seven, this film was on September sixth, twenty 
2019. 9 plus 6 plus 2 plus 0 plus 1 plus 9 equals 27. The Ooh. first chapter, it, in 2017, was released on September 8th, 2017. 9 plus 8 plus 2 plus 0 plus 1 plus 7 equals 27. There's a 27-year <laughs> age gap between uh, Isaiah, Mustafa, and Chosen Jacobs, as well as Teach Grant and Nicholas Hamilton. Boom. Wow. There's also those two sets of people who have 27 years apart are playing the same people. Yes, right? that's what I just said. So Mike, it... Mike and young Mike and yes. Henry Bowers and young Henry. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I gave I... the actors' names, I should have said. Yeah, I was characters. figuring it out. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I'm asking okay. you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is correct. Thank you. <laughs> that is weird. But of course it's weird. That's... Have you seen that Jim Carrey film, number 23? No. Jim Carrey being serious. You need to watch that. Okay. It's very good. But yeah, anything, yeah. I think if you ask a mathematician, and you could pick any number and you can make, you can get that number out of anything. I know. And obviously That's... with this, the release dates are planned. Yeah. But I do, like, the difference in ages. Although you're casting for people that age, aren't you? Because it's meant to be 27 years later. Yeah. So it's coincidences, but not completely catastrophic odds. Yeah. Catastrophic? It's nice. What word am I looking for, Jimmy? Bollocks, I don't know. <laughs> Give me a sec. It's not catastrophic. It's, um... Crackers. Something else. Chips. Astronomical. Astronomical. Odds. That's a good word. Nearly the same words. They've both got letters in them. Go on, then. I'm having a look at my notes. There's... This isn't really that interesting. Oh, okay. I think this is a coincidence as well. So Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader, Jim, yeah, Jim McAvoy. We're not on. We're not on terms like we are. Oh yeah, old Jim Mac. <laughs> oh Jim Mac, yeah. Jess uh, Wexler all worked together previously on the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby series. There was a disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, him in 2013, and a her in 2013, and a them in 2014. So. I mean, that's weird. They all just—that's quite a few people to have worked on one thing to come back to work on another thing together. Yeah, I mean, it is their job. Yeah, but there's actors. also a lot of those jobs. Okay, like, yeah, I'm a gardener, enough. but I've not worked with all the gardeners more than once. Okay, that's true. All the, <laughs> yeah, all the gardens. No. Do you know really Charlie Dimmock? No. Oh, you not had a water feature in your garden? No. I've done many a water feature in a garden. Yeah, I don't know any of the famous gardeners. And I don't want to. Titmarsh. Yep. Titchmarsh. Titchmarsh. We're going down a very weird line. I don't think people are going Buckle to Buckle up, we're everyone. We're about. going on a tangent. <laughs> right, how many more have you got? Because i got some... i got, I got a, I got a list for you. Uh, let me have a look for you, then. A list? Yeah, nothing to do with the film. Right. Well, that's a. Uh, Just want to give you a real fright. Okay. Mm, oh, this is a good one. This is a delight. Uh, the bit about Bill's books having shit endings. Oh yes, I like this. It's a reference to criticism that Stephen King received a lot in yeah. his career. A comment King's actually made himself about his own work. Yeah. Is that he just can't do endings. Yeah. So that was a cool little touch. Also pretty cool for Stephen King to go along. Because he's involved in his films, obviously, in a, in a way. He's got a cameo. So he's there when, you know. Yeah. He's he's obviously not above taking the piss out of himself. Oh. 
That was a nice little touch. Um, uh, one more, and I'll let you do your list. Two more, sorry, but a small one. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that. <laughs> the ending in, is different to the book, because in the book, it's true forms, a large female spider, not a Pennywise version of a spider, and the group have to destroy all her eggs because they're about to hatch, so you'd have lots of little hits. Yeah. Little shits. <laughs> uh, Bill Skarsgård says there's a scene that was deleted that was possibly the most disturbing scene in this scene it is shown as in it is shown in a flashback to the 17th century this is also also where I was basing my prequel on yes yeah this is the bit I told you I had later on that I've forgotten about uh, so he was attacking a young mother in the 1600s and he said there was a scene we shot that was a flashback to the 1600s before Pennywise the scene turned out really, really disturbing, and I'm not the clown. I look more like myself. It's very disturbing in a sort of backstory for what it is or where Pennywise came from. I guess it was a flashback of the man that it later took form of, is my guess. Yes. So I'm hoping we we get to see that scene in the supercut and also that my dream of a prequel set in 1600s Derry comes to fruition. That would be lovely. Right, I'm ready for your list. I've got no more frights and delights. Okay, so I'm going to give you my top five... Sausages. Uh, herbs. Herbs? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm flustered. <laughs> I love a sausage. Uh, I don't know, I'm going to give you my top five clowns. Okay. Okay, here we go. So, this is just actually, the first one's not just one clown. It's a group of clowns. How do you even know the existence of five separate clowns? Well, don't worry about it. The internet is a, is a wonderful and beautiful tapestry that we can <laughs> all, all enjoy. Okay. So, chaos in France. Well, it's not a singular clown. In 2014, France was terrorised by a group of clowns that make the current crop in the UK seem tame by comparison. One person was arrested for beating a pedestrian with an iron bar while wearing the outfit. A student sliced his hand while trying to defend himself from an axe-wielding clown, and schoolchildren were chased by a clown with a chainsaw. Uh, Southern France has now banned clown costumes. Wow. That's number one. What website is that? Are these all from the same one? I got these from uh, metro.co.uk. Also, I don't know if you know this, but there was a... Northampton had a, a rash of clowns a couple of years ago. Well, didn't, like, the whole of the West in, like... Is it 2016? Yes. Are you getting to it? Am I ruining D- it? No, you're not... No, I'm not getting to <laughs> okay. it. I thought I'd leave it out, but okay. it did start in America, and then in Northampton, there was uh, there was some a couple of clown signs. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go with this one. He's called Vlad the Drummer. A death metal band drummer who enjoyed dressing up as a clown that he called Vlad is currently serving a 20-year prison sentence. Martin Evernick pleaded guilty producing child pornography in 2013. He had posted several pictures of himself dressed as a killer clown on social media, including a moody shot where he wore a blood-spattered vest. Mm. So he's coming in. I'm going, well, well, we'll go back. He's coming in. He's at number one four. of your favourite clowns. <laughs> he's not one of my favourite clowns. We're gonna. Get, there's a couple coming up. <laughs> so th- this is quite an interesting one. It's an unsolved murder. In May 1990, a woman opened the door of her home in Wellington, Florida, to be greeted by a clown holding a bouquet of flowers and two balloons. The clown shot her in the face from pl- point blank range, and she died two days later. The New York, 
Uh, yeah, that's yeah. The case remains unsolved to this day, although Warren's husband, Michael, was previously treated as the prime suspect. Palm Beach County Sheriff's spokesman Bob Ferrell told the Sun Sentinel, this is the strangest thing I've seen in all my 19 years in law enforcement. Shot in the face by a clown. And they never solved it? Nope. What? So here we go. We got... Uh, uh, you're just going to breeze past. Breeze. <laughs> oh, you can look into it if you want. It's just called The Unsolved Murder. Okay, so... A clown. What's happened is either someone's hired someone... Yeah. Or it's the husband. The husband, husband, obviously. probably did it in makeup as a clown to throw people off the scent of him. Yeah, what probably. I want to think happened there is that there's a hitman out there who's just got bored of his job. Yeah, spicing up a little bit. Just spicing it up. Oh, thinking of some new ways to do it. He's dressed up as the Terminator already. He's done that. He's done that, yeah. He's done the guy from the Hitman games. Yeah. Uh, he's done <laughs> he's, Leon. He's done uh, Day some of the Assassin's Jackal. Assassin's Creed type stuff yeah. as well. He's, he's done all that. He's been Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> but they got an offer. Oh, it, or he's walked past the window of a joke shop and seen like <laughs> the clown thing and gone, oh, well, 50% off. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I can kill my wife with it. Or check this, the Hitman game, just not paying as much as it used to, and he's got a side gig as a children's entertainer. And yeah. it just so happened that this hit was on the way home. Oh, a beautiful coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, coming in at number two, Klutzo the Clown. Heard of this guy? Nope. Oh. At least 21 child porn videos were found at the home of a former police officer and minister who performed as a Christian clown. Two things that are terribly wrong So many, so many questions. (laughs) Paul Carlock Jr. was also accused of physically sexually assaulting boys. Carlock denied any wrongdoing. Of course. What? what? (laughs) But he died in prison while awaiting trial in 2007. Klutzo the clown, ladies and gentlemen. Where you go for all your child porn needs. Just read out like his description of him again. A Christian... Oh, he was a former police officer and minister who performed as a Christian clown. I didn't think that ministers needed a cover to go and touch kids. They just did it and then the church covered it up for them. Yeah, it's part of that. It's what's in the job description. So why is he dressing up as a clown? He's already got the choir... <laughs> Maybe, ah, oh, maybe, 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 hey. must, maybe it gets him hard. I don't know. I don't know. You hey, can't. How I about mean, this? The minister child molesting guy has just got a bit bored of his normal job. <laughs> <laughs> and he decides to spice it up a bit. <laughs> Hold on a minute. I've just bought this cheap clown costume. I could do a... Mass in this, <laughs> I could do choir practice in this. <laughs> sure, and of course, coming at number one, who do you reckon is at number one? You must know who's at number one. Pennywise, no, Krusty the Clown, no, Duh. Pogo the Clown, okay, <laughs> played by our favourite chicken shop owner John Wayne Gacy, also known as the Killer Clown. The most famous evil clown in history. He was a weird one. Uh, yeah, he tortured, raped, and murdered at least 33 boys while working as a clown in Illinois. 
and then put him in this cool space. And under the, uh, he had like Didn't a he also garage. work as some construction? Yeah, yeah. And he was so. like hiring people for construction and then getting to go to his house and then killing them there and burying them under his house. Yeah, he had this special sort of, he had this, yeah, he had them in his, um, it's kind of like a garage bit. You'd go out. I think they were under the floor and in the crawl space. He's good. And I think it was KFC that he worked for. He was like a manager of like KFC or a chicken shop or something. Everyone loved him. How many jobs did he have? Loads. Everyone loved him. I thought he ran a construction company. I think he did as well, but uh, he uh, he definitely ran a KFC at one point. Oh, okay. He's just, he's probably just like. He's one of those freaky, unassuming uh, people that just. Yeah. Like yeah. the popcorn chicken was probably kids. Nah, it probably wasn't. Well, it might have been. <laughs> I don't think it was. <laughs> you could hide it under those delicious 12 herbs and spices. I don't think he was. He wasn't doing it when he was at KFC, was he? Yeah, he might have been. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Gacy was an established community leader who was named Man of the Year by a local group. Before he was accused of any crime, he was convicted of 12 murders and killed by lethal injection in 1994 after 14 years in custody. Damn. Well done, Pogo. Top of the list. But obviously everyone knows Gacy. Look into it. It's great. Yeah, I'm listening to um, Atlanta Monster at the moment podcast. Okay, yeah. And they're talking about Wayne Williams. Okay. And I can't. I, mean, I remember only bring this up now because every time they mention Wayne, I think of John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Because not long ago I listened to a podcast about John Wayne Gacy and the Zodiac Killer. We should do something on the Zodiac. Yeah, definitely. That's good. Side cast, side hustle, side bollocks. You're <laughs> 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 just naming side boob, chatting naming, shit, naming the shit a bit. <laughs> Side shit. <laughs> it's all shit. You know what we should do a side of? Master of the Macabre. Yeah, boy. Master of the Macabre. It's time to find out who was putting in a decent performance and who was just clowning around. It's time for Master of the Macabre. And we are going to pick our favourite performer from It Chapter 2. Lovely. Who have you got? Um, who did we give it to last time? We gave it to Bill Skarsgård, didn't we? Yes. For being Pennywise. Uh, I thought he put in another solid performance. He did. I haven't got him down for the following reason. Okay. That we've already given him a Master of the Macabre Award for doing the exact same thing he does in this film. Ah. Not that he does it bad. He does it fine. He does it just as fine as he did in the first one. Yeah. But it would feel like an award for the same again. Okay, fair enough. But if you if you think he was the best and willing no. to arm wrestle for it or something, no, it's, it's tough. It's a tough one to call. Well, who have you got him? I've picked one who I want to win it, and well, I'll I'll fight in his corner for a, a couple of minutes before giving in, at least. <laughs> okay. Um, James McAvoy. Oh, okay, Professor X. Bill. Bill. Sorry, <laughs> Wrong <yes>. film. Sorry. <laughs> Patricia. That's the wrong film again. What's Trisha? Patricia. What's Patricia? Split. Oh, yeah. Oh, mate. Let's do that one day. That classes. We can class that as horror, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course you that can. That was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I've not watched Glass yet. 
It's good, is it? Watched it the other day. Very good. Is it on anything streamable? Uh, I don't know. No, I don't think so. Not yet. Oh, it might be on Prime. I, I might get them all and watch them all in a, in one. Anyway. It's very good. I chose McAvoy because he was awesome. Uh, Skarsgård, like we said, won it last time. Um, But McAvoy is the best at becoming the character that was set up in the first film as an adult. He's just a very good actor, isn't he? Yeah, he absolutely nailed uh, the facial expressions, the stutter of his younger self. Um, He became the child version. (laughs) What? I was just doing the... (laughs) Yeah, that that is what a stutter is. You've you've got it. (laughs) Give me the award. (laughs) (laughs) So he became his child version more and more as the film progressed. Like, he regressed. The stutter became more prominent and he absolutely was that same kid in the first film. Kind of unreal how he emulated everything that uh, is a Jaden Martell brought to life in the first film, played Bill. Yes. It's harder than just being the acting as the guy with the stutter who has certain facial expressions because someone else has done it before you. And you need to act as someone who's acting as someone yeah. and nail it. And he, he, he did it. But they all did a really good job. They all did an amazing job of being that kid as a grown-up. Yeah, Bill Hader, I think, was oh, great. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the best casting he for, all, for a He would probably... No, uh, yeah, he's really good as well. I feel like he had it easier, though, because yeah. the character was easier. Yeah. Nailing that stutter and stuff for Bill, that's... Some hard anyone can nail a stutter. You've just heard me doing it. It's a stutter, isn't it? It's sort of there's a difference between like doing the real kind of stutter that is is specific to that one type of character and just acting like you're in open all hours. I think you're wrong. I think I've just nailed it. Bread. Just reading your bread bin. Oh right, yeah, yeah. That's that is acting. Just saying what you see written down. Yeah. Anyway, who are we giving this award to? Me. <laughs> no. <laughs> Today's master of the cup, macabre, Jimmy for the stutter. Nope. They call me Jimmy the stutter. No, we do we? <laughs> <laughs> now nah, go on. It's got to be McAvoy then, isn't it? Yeah. Lovely. Why? Well, yeah. Been in a lot of banging films as well, isn't it? He's very good. Split, Glass, X-Men. It. It. And others. I don't know any others. Well, he started, well, I'm sure he started on Shameless. Do you remember that? Shit, did he? Yeah, he was like the, 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 one of the daughter's, like husbands, he used to steal cars. All right, he's really no, no he really good in that late night, and then he got big and it blew up. Late night, channel five fodder. No, it's channel four. Late night, channel four fodder. Beautiful, <laughs> right? There we go. McAvoy, he's in a post. Come on down. Wait, why is he coming down if we're posting it to? Uh, that's a good point. This is a really long episode. Let's move on to the okay, rating system. Trapped in the sewers, I don't know what to do. Everyone's left me. I'm floating. I might look into the deadlights 
and try and find a rating for this film. It's the Madhouse rating system. First up, we got Tension and Suspense. All I gotta say, Jimmy, is two hours and 40 minutes. <laughs> it's hard to keep good pacing the film this long. Yes. It's a good film and it does keep its great tension build ups. Yeah, but I feel like it could have been shorter and had a better suspense arc because of it. There were scenes in this film that seemed to break up the flow a bit. There were good scenes. I don't know if there were necessary scenes. I loved the Stephen King cameo. Yes. That was in the antique shop. But take that out. Take the bike out. You're not missing a single thing. I don't but think the pace so. is still going. Yeah, but you would miss the little little details, the little bits if you didn't have those scenes in. I think. I think when you're when you're going when you want to watch a Stephen King film, you've got to watch it all because the books are f***ing long. They're like they're pages and pages and pages, so you've got to cram it all into a into a film. It's going to be a long film. Yeah, but you've got to adapt the film. From the book. You don't have to put everything in. No, but they haven't. But that's why. The books are so packed with it that you've got... There's some bits that you you probably... You probably could leave out, but then true fans would want those little bits in it, I think. He'd already, before making the second film, though, established he was wanting to make Supercut. Yeah. So he could have made this 210. Oh, I suppose so. And then gone flogged it for the... And then the true fans would have bought Supercut Yeah, okay, fair enough. Okay, what are you giving it for tension and suspense then? Um, <laughs> you mean because the battery's died on my tablet and I can't yeah. read any notes. Uh, I'll pause in a sec and plug this in. Uh, but I would... Uh, I'd give it one. As, I'd, I'd give it one. Or I'd give it a half. What did nah, we give I'd What give did it. we give chapter one? Did oh, we I'd, give it one? I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, we would have given that one. That was better though. Yeah. All right, let's give it half. Okay, give it half. Beautiful. Pause this and then what we're moving on to. Gore and visual effects. Well, I don't know. I can't help you because my <laughs> tablet's so. Right, we're taking a break. You won't even notice while I charge up. And we're back with gore and visual effects. I have uh, lots of stuff plugged into my laptop that's very old. Charging. <laughs> it's, uh, They're literally powered by cogs, our laptops. That's how old they are. <laughs> yeah. You can see this them laptop is 12 years old, which is about old enough for John Wayne Gacy to be interested in it. <laughs> I'm actually bored of using this laptop, so I'm going to go and dress up as a clown while using it, just to add a bit of spice to the podcast. <laughs> so go on, visual effects. Here's something that's pretty nice. Oh, okay. The skateboard that had a message on it. Okay. Yeah, do you remember? Underneath the... As I said right at the start, I was drinking while watching right. this episode. There was so... a skateboard, had a message on it. I can't remember the exact wording. The point is... That skateboard had the same pattern on the bottom of it as the Overlook Hotel carpet in The Shining. Oh, f*** me. No. Yes. <laughs> Not until you put that clown outfit on. <laughs> yes. That's this bloody film lovely. had to use de-aging technology on some of the children. Did it really? Yes. And I is that didn't... 100% true? <laughs> yeah. F***ing hell. Um, like you, I didn't actually think... It would be true, so I checked. Oh, okay. Did, did they I use found it? even the uh, well, lots of uh, Finn Wolfhard. Okay. Uh, I think it was all the kids except one, maybe two. Can't remember which ones it wasn't though. 
Oh, that's mental. Uh, I didn't know. Didn't even Finn spot it. Had grown like two foot. The guy who I thought would be a good Italian American mob actor when he's older. Yes. I can't remember what his name is, man. No, I can't. Anyway, he was four foot eleven, and was five six. Oh, shot That's the difference between first and second film. Oh, okay. So they, some of them uh, wore platforms, platforms and stuff to make them a bit taller. Some Stood on the yellow down, pages, but they had to, uh, yeah, they had to uh, de-age some of them to make them look younger again. Because two years is a long time at that age. Some people didn't like the de-aging. I did not even notice, like you. No, that's amazing. I didn't even notice that at all. That's good though, isn't it? Because you don't want to be able to point out that type of CGI and go, that's CGI. No, you see... So I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, good and notice. actually what I thought was that they had filmed those yeah. scenes at the same time that they were filming Chapter 1. That would have made sense. Which is what I thought. Would have saved them a lot of money. Or would it? Or would it have cost them a lot more money on Chapter 1? I don't know. They were blatantly going for the two, though. They'd already got the go-ahead. Anyway, they did it. Oh, fair it play. worked. I liked it. Yeah. Um, they had to also uh, alter their voices in post-production. The kids? Because in the first film, they're talking like this. Oh. Never knew in the second film, they're talking like this. And it's shifted back to this. They've gone from Prince to Barry White. Yeah. I was going to do another example then, but I can't think of anyone. Michael Jackson to... <laughs> Michael Jackson. Yeah. Did he ever have a deep voice? Yeah, when he was young. <laughs> okay. You went the other way. way. He went the other way. Uh, black seven to white. Uh, low to high. Sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you say? I said like black to white, <laughs> low to high. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there were seven companies used for the visual effects. I'm not going to name them all. It's boring. Okay. And we're running. Uh, we're, yeah, long podcast. Mostly the same makeup, etc. as the first film. All really, really good, but not much more to say without just repeating myself from what I said last episode on episode uh, chapter one. Yeah. The man to do Skarsgård's makeup in two and a half hours rather than the five hours it took in part one. I love the freaky touches in this film, such as Pennywise putting his makeup on and ripping the smile into his own face and Lovely. Stanley's head appearing and growing legs was pretty awesome. Yes. Few other bits uh, were awesome. The leper man, all the effects are great, really. Yeah, I'm gonna end up repeating myself. So I uh, say we give go on visual effects, visual effects a star. Yes, give it a star. It's two stars. Next it's up, not, it's one and a half. It's one and a half stars. Next up, musical score. No, we don't. We have performance. There was some good acting in this. That's Jimmy's hot take. Yes. The film has great effects, a great score, but is carried through some of its slower moments by an amazing cast. I feel the pacing could uh, be clunky in this film, especially in a two hours, 40 minutes film. It's always going to have its pacing issues, I yeah. think. You're going to get a point and you go, oh, God. It's not The Irishman, three and a half hours, where it is a certain type of film. This is a horror film where they want to get your pulse going. Yeah. And it is tough. I want to be excited. Yeah. For, I want an hour and a half of excitement. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With the like name that. and sound effects of your sex tape. Yes. 
hour and a half of excitement might be pushing it. <laughs> well, it's 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 worded. It looks like on the on the cover of the VHS, it looks like an hour and a half, but it's actually one minute thirty. Okay, yeah, 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 fair enough. Yeah, or if you slow the play down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, it could have been it could have been clunky with a cast that wasn't as good as this cast was, but this cast carried this film. The back must have been hurting by the end of filming it because it could have fallen flat sometimes. We knew the kids were good at what they did, so if the casting of the adult versions was off, it could have been a terrible conclusion, really. But as it went, the adults were fantastic and captured the essence of the film and the already established characters that they took on. Yeah, absolutely. There's not a bad performer in this film. Skarsgård puts in another amazing show as Pennywise. I don't know, Stephen King's a bit wooden. But that's not his true I thought game, he was quite... I thought he was white, actually. Nah, he was a bit rough. Uh, yeah, Skarsgård and McAvoy, for me, stand out. Like, uh, Bill Hader was amazing as well. Uh, in a group where everyone's brilliant, though, those three are the standouts. Definitely. Uh, Finn Wolfhard had to film Chapter 2 at the same time as filming Stranger Things 3. bit like the guy who did Back to the Future. Michael J. Fox? Yes, he did a TV series at the same time. Well, what TV series was that? Family Ties, something like that. Family Ties. Who knows? It wasn't very big here. I'm surprised you couldn't get his name off the top of your head then, considering you are the spitting image of Michael J. Fox. Am I? Yes. You're short and you look exactly like Michael J. Fox. I, no I literally idea. refer to you while you're not around as <laughs> Michael J. Fox. Really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know I looked like Michael J. Fox. Spit an image, mate. That's uh, or another thing, or why you say so now? I either call you Michael J. Fox or when's Back to the Future coming round? <laughs> I had no idea. I'm not, I'm not even offended. I think that's all right. It's great, yeah, Michael yeah. J. Fox. I awesome. like Michael J. Fox. I um. You just shit. need to. We get... should make Back to the Future four before <laughs> I get too old yeah. and get Parkinson's. Yeah. Is that going to happen because I look like him? <laughs> no, I don't think that's how it works. But, you know, <sighs> there's, a, there's a percentage chance that we all might get it. Yeah. Or some sort of other horrible disease. Cheers, world. Anyway, Isaiah Mustafa read the book It eight times in preparation for filming so that he could understand his character. Let's give performance a star. Okay, yeah, star. It's three, two and a half. You're opening a packet of crisps? No, it's these horrible cans I got from co-op. Uh. They look shit, don't they? What are they? Did you at least get apple cider this time instead of pear? <laughs> that was, a, yeah, they had this. Oh, it took me, oh, God, it took me ages to find their f***ing alcohol section in co-op <laughs> down here. Uh, yeah, Normally, this... it's right at the end of the shop. Yeah, they've it? moved everything. Just put it in the middle. Yeah. I walked past it. I was down the f***ing ice cream aisle. Yeah. Mental. Did you get any ice cream? Well, no, it just got cold. <laughs> <laughs> it just got really cold looking for the booze. Right, so we're on musical sound effects, aren't we? Yes, musical score and sound effects. We've uh, tangented a lot this episode. Yes, we have. It's all right, though. Nearly an hour and ten minutes. Oh, that's all right. You're doing all right. Uh, Benjamin Wallfish. It's all right. This is going to be a quick bit as well. He returned to do the score for Chapter 2 in the same brilliant style he used for the first film. So I don't want to repeat myself a lot again. Once again, he utilised the oranges and lemons. Nursery rhyme to creep us out. Mm. Like this. Oranges and lemons, blah, 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 blah. I have no idea. Have you just 
built shit all over the place. It's alright, it's only on my crotch. That won't look any different then. <laughs> <laughs> there oh, were 45. What's up with these cans, man? I don't know. Is Co-op! You've been, you've been shaking them. Good answer for this. Oh, absolutely, I'm sodden. Wet through. Is that just not the clown outfit that's doing it for you? Oh, mate. If I had the clown outfit on, the, the wipeable. Oh, yeah. Wipeproof. I get maybe a wipeable. that's why. Yeah, maybe. So, 45 tracks made for this film with Wolfish. Wolfish. At the helm. These were all released in August 2019 in the soundtrack album. Like I said, it contains the same themes as chapter one. However, the scale is larger. The orchestra was larger. The choir was larger. The whole thing was using typical sequel tactics of the same but more this time. There were some original new themes in there, though. This was add to the character... Of the characters, <laughs> basically, and to reflect how they changed in the time that had passed since their first encounter with it 27 years before. Some of the kids' voices had to be changed, as I said already, since this is sound effects, in post-production due to their balls dropping and such. Go straight with it. Come here for the truth. Balls dropping. Dropping them balls. Dropping balls. Dropping balls all over the shop. I'd give it a star, though, for musical score sound effects. That takes us up to three and a half, does it? Or do you want to give it a half? Or none? You're giving me that look and doing the deflating sounds. Yeah. See, the score is something that... Letting the air out your red balloon. I've got very wet pants. The score is not something that I generally notice unless it's f***ing tip-top. Alright. I didn't notice in this film. Give it it a half Because I've probably had six cans of cider. We have... Watching it, but... Talked about how before... Ones that blend in are yes. doing the job of blending in. Yeah. Instead of being their own thing. But we're running short on time, so let's go half a uh, half a star. Half star. <laughs> so that's three. Yeah, is yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna trust your counting ability there. Oh, I wouldn't. Last up we've got overall experience. Okay. This Long. is this Tired. is uh we need to think about this one. Okay. <gasps> So number one, <gasps> chapter one, chapter one, we gave five out of five. <gasps> right. This isn't as good as chapter one. Nah, it's not. That's good. It's just not as good. And we're on three out of five. <laughs> we're on three out of five. So I think between us, yeah. if we give it a star, yeah. maybe give it half a star each for experience, yeah. that makes it four out of five. Okay, I'll go with that. Deal. Or do you want to go for the three out of five? Three, no, three and I a think half out of five, sorry. No, I think it is better than three out of five. I think it is a four out of five. Definitely wasn't better than chapter one, which we gave five. So I would say four. And it's definitely not. I I enjoyed the mini series second half better, I think. Mm -hmm. Maybe because I've seen it more. Maybe if I watch this again, sober. If I've got got a spare day aside to get through all the hours. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. Okay. I'm saying I'd give it. Half a star for overall experience. But what I'm saying is that takes it to three and a half. Yeah, I know, but I thought you were so going to give, give it, it a half. We'll take it to four, yeah? Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, it definitely deserves some free experience. It wasn't a bad film. No, it's not a bad film at all. It's good. Okay. You heard it here first. It's not bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's an all right film, but a bit long. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> That's uh, well, this could have been a 20 second podcast. Do you need something for your crotch? Uh, 
No, <laughs> you grabbing your phone. Right. It is wet. Are you texting for a lift now? No, oh, no, I'm you're getting, getting an IMDb disc. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, getting I'm, I've ruined the magic. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it is time for your film choice and for me to fail miserably at guessing something obvious. Have you chosen something obvious this time? It, it kind of is obvious. I'll, go, I'll, talk, I'll talk you into it first, though. I genuinely hate this bit, by the way. I know I say it every time. It, but I love it. I wish I had never come up with this idea. I love it. When you go for it, when you give that description, I die. I love it. <laughs> I hate it. It's, you're just better at remembering films, though, and you've watched a hell of a lot more than me. Okay, I'm just... Uh, I just. I should have queued it up a bit first. But The last time you did this here, reading to me, I can't remember what it was, but I remember noticing after you left... The DVD <laughs> that you were talking about was on my shelf facing me. <laughs> was it, it might have been Hellraiser, because I'm looking at the shelf now and it's still looking at me. Oh, it and might it was been. so obvious with the Cenobites. And, and now. So, on the way to work, me and Nat's sister have been listening to the Full Price podcast. Okay. Have you listened to it? It's very good. No, you've told me to before, though. You know why I haven't? I'm no. so scared they're going to be so much better than us that I'll just quit. No, it's just this dude talking about Vincent Price. It's really interesting. It goes really deep and you get to hear different like recordings of Vincent Price doing like radio shows or doing little tidbits and then occasionally he'll do like a film review. Does he stuff. have a good radio voice? The guy doing the show? Yeah, he does. I can't remember his name. But it's very good. You should go and uh, listen to it. Yeah, well, Everyone. Go and listen to it if you like Vincent, all things Vincent Price. And tell him that Jimmy from the Madass podcast sent you. Yes, that would be nice. Right, sorry, I'm just uh loading it up. <laughs> right, you ready for this? Nope, do, do, do. <laughs> yeah, sure. Go a doctor, scientist, organist, and a biblical scholar. Anton Five seeks revenge on the nine doctors he considers responsible for his wife's death. It's just got blood in the title. No. Ah. It's starring the Lord and Saviour, obviously. Yeah, Vincent yeah, Price. yeah. I'm glad you picked a price one because it was time. Yes. Don't want to read it again? Uh, yeah, because... A doctor, scientist, organist, and biblical scholar Anton Fibes seeks revenge on the nine doctors he considers responsible for his wife's death. I think this is available on Prime right now, but I've not seen it. Go on, do you want to hazard a guess? No. On a scale of 1 to 10, how hard am I going to kick myself in a few seconds? I don't think you'll kick yourself. I love this film. I've I've seen it quite a few times. But I shouldn't know it. Probably, yes. If if you're a Price fan, I think you should know it. Just tell me then. All right. No, tell me. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) here we come. With the 1971 Vincent Price classic, The Abominable Dr. Fibes. Fair enough. No, I've not seen it. Oh, boy, you're going to love it. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I've not seen it. Not because, You're going to love it. Yeah, I would have kicked myself. It's very. Oh, it's... But I get to watch a Price film I've not watched yet, so that's okay, good. Okay, that's cool. Nice. It's got a sequel as well, so we'll get to that one day. Yes, I was thinking of picking a sequel soon to one we've done. Well, this is a sequel that we've just done, but another one. Another anyway. one. Anyway, 
that's the that's the podcast nearly an hour and 20 minutes before edit lovely so who knows how long it'll be well I smell I'm wet yep there we go not disagreeing with you there yeah this is time of death for this episode of the Madhouse podcast we'll see you in two weeks for a film that Jimmy's going to say the name of again the abominable Dr. Fives we'll see you next time at the Madhouse podcast yeah, yeah. Alas, poor Yorick, I wanked you well. <laughs> <laughs>